The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayat, was recorded at the Zen Center of Syracuse Hoenji in Syracuse, New York. These recordings are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. Blue Cliff Record, Case 49. The golden carp has passed through the net. Engo's Introduction. Piercing and penetrating, one seizes the drum and captures the flag. Fortified and entrenched, one inspects the front and guards the rear. One who mounts the tiger's head to grab its tail is not yet an adept. Though an ox head disappears and a horse head returns, that too is not yet extraordinary. Tell me, when a person who is beyond measure shows up, then what? See the following. Case. Sancho asks Seppo, the golden carp has passed through the net. Tell me, what does it eat? Seppo answered, I'll tell you when you have passed through the net. Sancho said, The teacher of 1,500 monks doesn't know what to say. Seppo replied, As abbot, I have to attend to many complicated matters. Secho's verse. The golden carp has passed through the net. It can't be said that it lingers in the water. It shakes the heavens and moves the earth, swinging its fins and lashing its tail. Like a thousand-foot whale, it raises huge waves. At a single thunderclap, the pure wind gusts. The pure wind gusts. In heaven and on earth, how many know? This is our second day of our fall session. So we had the tune of the chainsaw. 
Dharma music. So many times in our lives, day-to-day events occur and we're sure that they are the reason why we can't, whatever, concentrate, achieve our goals, complete our work. Many times, we have some internal justification going on, right? Well, if that hadn't happened, then I would have had this. But the chainsaw itself, we can all sing this tune. It's a very beautiful tune. When we don't have preferences, right? Mm-hmm. Master Sosan told us yesterday, because you think it's a chainsaw, you don't like it. But if you were paying $90 <laughs> to hear a brand new piece written by some great 21st, are we 21st century? Yeah. 21st century composer, right? I mean, think about all the people who went to hear John Cage. Four minutes and 33 seconds. I'm done. How many of you know John Cage? I worry. Okay. This is important point. I was at a meeting the other day, Interfaith Works Roundtable of Faith Leaders, an august assembly. And it is a wonderful group. Many different traditions are represented from Quaker to Islam, Catholic to how many Christian faiths there are, I don't know, but most of them are there. And then, you know, we have our representative Buddhists. We have two of us, one Tibetan and one Zen. And uh, Baha'i, and Sikh, and we've really gotten to know each other well over the years and feel a great sense of trust. And this is due to some of the recent leadership. And so we tackle a question each time when we begin before we get into the so-called business of the meeting once a month, there's some business to attend to, but we start with a question. And this time, someone was speaking about uh, really quite a wondrous experience that she had out in the Pacific, along the coastline of the Pacific. And her feeling about being there on the high uh, cliff looking out over the ocean and the color of the land, and it was just extraordinary. And then she said, You know, I've been trying to hold that, and all I could do is bring back some rocks. And so I look at the rocks, and they remind me. But it's so hard to hold on to that kind of experience. So I said, well, you know, when we are trying to recapture something we had, 
we miss what we have. So later we were walking out from the Presbyterian Church, Pebble Hill, and she caught up with me and she said, I just tweeted you. <laughs> tweet, tweet. I think, I think it means you have a um, Twitter account and you send words out to everyone else on your account. Yes? Some of you know. Anyway, I've been tweeted. <laughs> Today, Seppo Gison, he was a disciple of Toksan, lived from 822 to 908. The story goes that when he was very young, still being carried on his mother's back, they encountered a funeral procession. And this young child was so struck. And his family said his whole countenance changed. And evidently, it really was a turning. Who can say for a two-year-old, turning from what to what, but maybe a reconnection to where he had come from. And so, at the age of 12, he went to live at a temple and traveled to many places and was ordained. And then made it his way to Toksan's place. And some of you know Toksan very well through the koan. Toksan carries his bowls in which Seppo appears as the brash young Tenzo telling his old teacher, what are you doing? I haven't even struck the meal gong. And Toksan returns to his room. And Seppo's brother, Ganto, Dharma brother, in other words, two monks training together under Toksan, tries to help by giving him enough rope, but somehow doesn't quite take. I'm sure many of you have had this kind of thing happen, right? Where you see someone needs your help, as Jiko was saying. And I tried to give them their, some help, and, and they, they thought it was a terrible thing. So somehow the terrible thing didn't happen. Good to have terrible thing. Very helpful if someone doesn't understand. Because it, it sets something up. So for him... Something was like a pebble in the shoe as a result of that encounter. So then later, there's a story about the two of them in a snowstorm that I told 
at the last session at Daibosatsu because we were doing another koan in which Seppo appears, he appears fairly often. So that story is they were traveling together and a snowstorm came. It was very bad, very thick, heavy snow, and they had to hole up in an inn. And so there they were. And day after day, what did Ganto do? Sleeping, fast asleep, day in and day out. And what did Seppo do? Sat, 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 right? I'm doing so then. I am going to be Buddha. And finally, he looked over at Ganto. And he said, come on, get up, wake up. Ganto, why should I? Seppo muttered to himself, Why do I have to be traveling with this guy? He's really dragging me down. He does nothing but sleep. Ganto then shouted, Every day since we got here, you've been sitting like a stone Buddha. What's the matter with you? I could say that, right? What's the matter with you? Following the session schedule, day in, day out, says go to the Zendo. Oh, I'm going to the Zendo now. After Kai Chin, oh, I'm going to sit Suiza now. Hey, Stone Buddha! Seppo was quite surprised by this. And inside, something changed. His criticism of Ganto for sleeping changed into self-introspection. What am I doing? What is all this? What am I feeling? And he said, within myself, I feel no peace. I dare not deceive myself. This is so important for all of us. Because of his honesty, then Ganto could use his skillful means. It's such a tricky thing to try to help another being. To do so in a way that is perceived as intrusive is not at all helpful, right? To do so in a way that somehow can open a person's Dharma eye, Dharma ears. So Ganto asks Seppo, tell me about your experiences up to this point. Maybe I can help you see what is in the way and what might free you. And then Seppo told him about well, I heard somebody's talk, and it was, it was really good. I wrote down some words in my journal. 
I heard somebody else say a verse, and the verse was really wonderful. It gave me a real sense of what this is all about. Then I went and asked our teacher, Toksan, tell me about the great vehicle beyond all vehicles. And what did Toksan do? Of course. And I didn't get it, he said. So then, Ganto, haven't you heard that what comes in through the front gate is not the family treasure? What is the front gate? What you hear, what you read through the eyes, what you expect through your anticipatory thoughts. That's right. So you must, you must have your own realization, right? Can't be from somebody else what you expect from some wonderful reading that has been assigned to you for your Jukai class. Then Seppo asked, well, what should I do? Gonto replied, from now on, if you want to be capable of true insight and become a great teacher, let everything flow forth from your own heart own mind. Then it will cover heaven and earth. At this, Seppo was awakened. So he was 43 in the year 865, which was a year before Rinzai died. He moved to Snow Peak, on Elephant Bone Mountain. Fuzhou. 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 Mm. I said that pretty well. I got it. <laughs> if there's one thing you get. <laughs> Have you been there? No. No? Not on Elephant Bone Mountain? It's pretty, yeah, it's very famous in a lot of fictional stories, too. Mm. This place. Mm. So that's where Seppo's temple was established, his monastery. 1,500 monks were practicing with him on Snow Peak. So in today's koan, he meets with Sancho Enen. We don't know when he was born or when he died, but we do know that he was with Rinzai for 17 years and received transmission from him and compiled this book, the Book of Rinzai. And at the end of the record of pilgrimages, Sancho, this is chapter 21. When the master, Rinzai, was about to pass away, he sat regally, and said, After my departure, don't ever extinguish the treasury of my true Dharma eye. Sancho 
came forward and said, Ho, dare extinguish the treasury of your true Dharma eye. The master asked, In the future, if someone asks you, what will you say? Sancho shouted. The master said, Who would have ever thought that the treasury of my true Dharma eye would be extinguished upon reaching such a blind ass? (laughs) Having said these words, the master shed his body. Now, I will not give a Tesho on this line, but it is the culmination of all of Rinzai's teachings. And just to perhaps correct any misapprehension, he was really very happy with Sancho. Who would ever have thought that the treasury of my true Dharma eye would be extinguished upon reaching such a blind ass. So please sit with that. Extinguished. Blind. So after this encounter at Rinzai's death, Sancho traveled all over to test himself, going to one great Zen master after another, including Toksan, Kyozan, Kyogen, Dogo, today Seppo. And just a few little stories. When Sancho went to Kyogen's place, Kyogen asked, where are you from? A well-known question, right? Where are you from? From Rinzai. Have you brought Rinzai's sword with you? Before Kyogen had finished speaking, Sancho dashed up, grabbed a cushion, and hit Kyogen. Kyogen said nothing, just smiled. Of course, he had heard Rinzai had passed away, but here he was. Another case 68, Blue Cliff record, this one with Kyozan, Kyozan Ejaku, asked Sancho, what's your name? Sancho said, Ejaku. Kyozan said, Ejaku is my name. <laughs> Sancho said, oh, my name is Enen. So you have to understand that two names, right? So Sancho Enen, 
kyo's on ejaku. Yes? That's clear? Totally clear? Okay. Kyo's on laughed heartily. So kyo again smiled silently. Kyo's on laughed heartily. How wonderful to see Rinzai's Dharma air. Rinzai alive and well. And today, Sancho and Seppo having a lively Dharma confrontation. Kamben in Rinzai Roku, in the book of Rinzai, the section called Kamben or Cross-examination includes many of these kinds of dialogues. There should be a road sign that says, Danger! Zen Master's at play! (laughs) So we hear these stories or read these stories and we may feel... I'm never going to be able to understand these things. I don't know what they're talking about. What is going on? And why did they include it in this book? (laughs) And why do they call these people great masters? I'll never get it. to have that ability to express the vitality of awakened mind so directly and so completely free of all the little boxes that we find ourselves in, we may feel, oh, no, never happened, not this lifetime. But you know, everybody here has had some experience or you wouldn't be here, right? Why would you be sitting in this uncomfortable way if you hadn't had something that propelled you to investigate further, more deeply. What is this? What is the truth of my life? Who am I when I'm not feeling beholden and oppressed? Is there any I beyond that, beholden and oppressed? Someone told me the other day, I'm really just sick and tired of it all. I'm sick and tired of the family, sick and tired of the job, sick and tired of the practice, sick and tired. And, you know, very honest, very wonderful to be able to say that and not... Worry about looking good. You know, some of our experiences have not at all been what we were hoping for. We have some expectation of, 
oh yes, this is what it will be like when... And of course our expectations, just like our attempts to recapture what we had, keep us from this, right? Have not had right here. Now, this. So to trust what is in your own heart, mind, as Ganto told Seppel in that snowstorm. To trust what it is that brings you to practice. Not think, what will I get if I practice? But what is already here? What is already Every sitting, we are polishing this, this natural gem. If we are chanting 100%, Kanzeon. Kanzeon is chanting. This Diamond Sutra we chanted earlier today. We think, well, we're just, okay, now it says on the schedule, we're going to go in and <laughs> chant Diamond Sutra. And let's see, after that we have, oh, uh, yeah, then finally we'll have lunch. <laughs> but you know, this Diamond Sutra is the miracle of miracles. The more you chant it, the more you hear it, the more you experience it, the more you realize who wrote this. Huh? Who said this? Okay, we have Buddha, we have Subhuti, but who really, who really came up with this? The more we feel this Diamond Sutra coming from within our own hearts. The more we realize all we have to do is live this. There's nothing conceptual about it. And we can live this, just like these two Zen masters. Today's koan. Nobody is telling you you have to put your Diamond Sutra into its sleeve. Put it away. Session's over. Too bad. Didn't get it. But look, this is what Buddha says. This Buddha says to us, Sabuti, at the end of the last 500-year period, following the decline of the good doctrine, do you know when that is? October hmm? 18th, 2014. You don't want to know how late it is. <laughs> Following the decline of the good doctrine. Okay, this is, we are in this period of utter decline, Buddhism, utter decline, extinguished upon all of our blind asses. 
There will still be self-controlled men and women rooted in merit who will perceive the truth of these teachings. You. You are here. You are here. This is so amazing that you are here. Maybe half asleep, but you're still here. And then he says, but such beings as you have not strengthened your root of merit under just one Buddha or two Buddhas or three or four or five Buddhas, but under countless Buddhas. And your merit is of every kind. You, men and women, coming to hear the teachings will have immediate insight into their profound truth. And why? Because you are not falling back into cherishing what? The idea of an ego entity, a personality, a being, or a separated individuality, you see? You know already, no problem. So, here you are at the decline of the good doctrine, and it's all yours. Yes, we should go at least into the case beyond this. Engo's introduction. Did I even read this case to you? I have no idea. I have no idea where we are. Wonderful. I was telling you about Sancho, I think, and about Seppo, and I don't know. Anyway, Engo's introduction. He says, piercing and penetrating, one seizes the drum and captures the flag. Here is the activity of this. True master, breaking through the opponent's defenses. Fortified and entrenched, one inspects the front and guards the rear, looking around all sides, making sure the opponent can't take him by surprise. And then he gives these metaphors. One who mounts the tiger's head to grab its tail is not yet an adept. You have to sit on the tiger's head in order to grab its tail? Not yet. Hakuin said of this, taming even a tiger-like student, completing the whole process from beginning to end, from head to tail. And then, though an ox head disappears and a horse head returns, that too is not yet extraordinary. Fleetness of mind, the way these two Zen masters interact. Immediately, now an ox, now a horse head. Even that, nothing special. Disappearing, reappearing. And he says, tell me, when a person who is beyond measure shows up, then what? What about when someone comes who is like this, beyond conditional abilities, a 
true adept, Sancho. Sancho comes to Seppo's place, and he doesn't speak of Buddha Dharma, does he? He uses a metaphor. The golden carp has passed through the net. There's a verse by Secho to case seven, Hogan's, you are Echo. And in that verse, he says, the golden carp ascending the falls, ascending such power of this golden carp going up the falls. This feeling, the golden carp has passed through the net. What is the net? The illusions, the entanglements, the things that hold you back. Mm, so you've felt the net from time to time, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Think about all the ways we get caught. What are we caught by? How are we restricted? Mm? Some kind of internal dialogue that's always circling around, right? Oh, I know that thought. Mm-hmm. Here it is again. Mm-hmm. And it just has so much power, this net. And so we're always trying to jump out of the net. And yet, even when we may feel, okay, finally, ah, that was a whole second of (laughs) nothing. And now I'm thinking about nothing. Even when we feel freed up, still there's some subtler net. Like what Jika was saying yesterday, looking back, looking to the past, evaluating, comparing, seeing the views arise, and still perhaps looking for what Sancho asks Seppo, tell me, when this golden carp passes through the net, what does it eat? What does it eat? What is your superfood when you've passed through the net? Chocolate brownie? Green smoothie? or some affirmation. Even beyond, passing beyond that subtler net, there's a net that is subtler still that we can never pass through. Do you know what it is? I think some of you know the net of Indra. Mm. Who would like to tell us about the net of Indra? The net of Indra, every place it's crossing is a crystal which reflects everything else that is. So it's a metaphor for interdependence of everything because within one is all. Yes, this net of Indra. Each intersection, crystal, all the prisms reflecting the whole, the entire cosmos 
and beyond everything in this net. And this is the net of, we might say, the net of pacification within disturbances. The net of freedom within our karma. The net we never have to pass through and cannot pass through. But Sancho is saying to Seppo, I'm out of the net of what you said, several of you, the net of separated individuality. So do you have any Dharma food for me? What will you feed me? This is another way of saying, say a word, speak. wonderful way to greet the great Seppo, right? Here I am. The golden carp has passed through the net. Do you have any food? What kind of food do you have? Of course, he knows well that only he can know this food that the golden carp has when he has passed through the net. So, of course, he is not indicating that he has certain cravings or certain needs for something that only Seppo can give him, right? He has no need of ordinary food. So what is he asking? What does a person of true freedom eat? Engel, in his comment, says, the golden carp who has passed through the net doesn't eat the tasty food of others. And Hakuin also comments, He's passed beyond everything. He's satiated. So he's saying, please offer any delicacy you might have. What is the delicacy for someone who is thoroughly satiated? For someone who no longer has any need for food or drink. How about at the end of life? Maybe some of you have experienced this with others. That maybe some fearful quality, still very attached to this form wanting more, maybe just one day, not to speak of another year. And then finally coming to realize, this is it. Then what? 
Well, I hope for your sake that you get to this is it, not hooked up to any devices, without a tube up your nose. To be able to just say, enough, I'm satiated. There's no need for anything more. I'm ready to pass through. That's quite rare, as you know, Gyoshin, from your work in the hospital, to be able to find someone who can say, that's enough, I'll go home now. There's a wonderful book that came out recently by uh, Atul Gawand. He's a, a doctor and a writer called Being Mortal, which I highly recommend as we all will get to this point and need to let others know how we want to go through that final stage. If we're lucky enough, it doesn't just happen when we cross Seneca Turnpike. It's good to let others know. Have a living will. You may think, oh, I'm only 21. I don't need a living will. My brother was killed when he was 20. So, how about what we're doing here in the Zendo? Of course we are dying, but we are also passing through the net. And how do we do this while still very much alive? You've heard of the expression to die on the cushion. To die to all that inner dialogue, all that way of coping with, putting band-aids on, smashing through the whole enterprise. To need nothing, to seek nothing, to crave nothing. Which reminds me of Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of Wisdom, in the Vimalakirti Sutra. Responding to the question, what is the Dharma gate of non-duality? How do you enter this gate? Our new Tori, our new gate of non-duality. Manjushri said, to know no one teaching, to express nothing, to say nothing, to explain nothing, to announce nothing, to indicate nothing and to designate nothing. That is the gate of non-duality. Then Vimalakirti was asked about the entrance into the gate of non-duality. And what did he say?
then Manjushri, who could not refrain from speaking, applauded and said, Excellent, noble sir. This is indeed the entrance into non-duality. Here there is no use for syllables, sounds, and ideas. Oh, aren't we always doing this experience? That's very good. That silence is very good. That's what it's all about. Yes. We are so funny. Well, how would you know? This, this is an interesting moment where Sancho comes and says this and asks this question, what does it eat? And Seppo answers, I'll tell you when you have passed through the net. Sancho has just said he has passed through the net. Seppo is saying, I'll tell you what the golden carp eats when you have passed through the net. How would you feel? When you come in with your deep understanding to Doksan, <laughs> feeling like a golden carp, asking, okay, feed me something that meets this great golden carp freedom. Hmm? And then you hear, I don't think so. <laughs> or you might hear, golden carp, you're a yellow crap. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> so we laugh now, but, you know, I'm sure you've had this experience where you are pretty sure that you've got it. And then maybe there's a little bit of anger that comes up. You know, like, how come th- this person didn't get me? What's missing here? It must be in that person's understanding because mine is really just great. <laughs> so Seppo cast a net over Sancho. But Sancho, is he angry? No. Is he nettled? No. Then he goes ahead and casts another net. The teacher of 1,500 monks doesn't know what to say. You're supposed to be so renowned, and you can't even give me a word to my wonderful question? Are you trying to avoid me? So this is like, uh, I don't know how many of you have friends in the ghetto, but this is like the dissing game that goes on, right? Yo mama. (laughs) Ninth century Zen ghetto. Or we might say Zen grotto. So Seppo says, gives it right back as abbot. I have to attend to many complicated manners. The teacher of 1,500 monks doesn't know what to say. You know, I have a lot of things to take care of this afternoon. I don't really have any time to spend having this dialogue with you. I'm really too busy. Now you might think, well, this is some sort of retreat, a concession on his part. Some kind of, oh, he just doesn't want to 
enter into this. But what is he really giving him? This is skillful means, all right? Seppo has the last word. Those of you who remember, Toksan carries his bowls. It is asked at the end, what is the last word? Here, Seppo has the last word. Oh, I have to involve myself in a lot of correspondence this afternoon, so see you later. And there's nothing more from Sancho. Why? He's been completely fed this empty food, satiated, completely empty. That's what the golden carp who has passed through the net gets to eat. Hmm? Nothing. So Set shows verse, he's just saying the same, what we just talked about. The golden carp has passed through the net. Sancho has freed himself. Hmm? He's not lingering in the water. He's not thinking, oh, wow, I'm really free. I don't have the net anymore. He's shaking the heavens and moving the earth, swinging his fins and lashing his tail like a thousand-foot whale. This is the dynamic quality of his question as he meets Seppo. And Seppo's response, at a single thunderclap, the pure wind gusts. Pure wind gusts. But how many get it? So the pure wind, sometimes gusting, sometimes absolutely still. Whatever this moment brings, be here for.